Odd Trails contains adult language and content. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Enjoy the show. Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. Just trust. Believe. Are Dreams Just Dreams? by Jessica Most of my life, I have had weird dreams that were almost too coincidental when they played out in real life. Some were mild, funny moments that just gave me deja vu, and others have resulted in worse dreams being realized. The first story happened when I was in the second grade. I had a dream about a neighborhood in my area that I had always ridden by on my way to school, but had never entered. In the dream, I walked into the neighborhood, and then to a certain apartment building. The dream had a blue haze to it, almost similar to the baseball scene in Twilight, but this was around 2004. When I got to the apartment at the top of the building, I could hear dogs barking really loudly through the door I was standing in front of. I was terrified. Not because I don't like dogs, but because it sounded like they wanted to rip my head off. The next thing I knew, the door burst open, and these wolf-like dogs ran out and straight past me. I remember waking up and crying, because I was so scared that I was going to be eaten by dogs. Mind you, I was like seven or eight years old at the time, so the dramatics were in full effect. Well, crazy enough, a few weeks later, I started hanging out with a new kid in school from Connecticut, and we became best friends. I promise this relates to the story. My mom and his mom scheduled us a playdate at his home, and it happened to be the same apartment complex from my dream. I felt a weird feeling of deja vu, and kept asking my mom if we had been there before. She kept saying no until she got annoyed and told me to be quiet. We pulled up to his building, the same one in my dream. I felt myself getting anxious because I remembered the dogs, and I started to try to persuade my mom to leave. Obviously, she was annoyed because she had just driven me there, and now I'm shy in her words. We walked up the stairs to the same door from my dream, because I kept thinking about how angry the dogs were and how big and scary they were to me. My mom knocked, and I braced for impact. My friend's mom just opened the door, and I saw my friend beside her. No dogs, no barking, nothing at all, just two people confused by me crying behind my mom. His mom invited us in, and the adults went to talk while I started playing with my friend. I asked him, 
So, do you guys have dogs or any pets? He continued playing and said, Nope, we don't have any. We have really, really bad allergies to dogs, and my mom has a really bad reaction if she pets them or is even around them. I remember thinking, that's weird. So what was that dream about anyway? I guess to warn me about my friend and his mom's intense allergies? The more life-altering dream that resulted in a death and my family members being severely injured happened in 2021, around the beginning of November, right after my birthday. In my dream, I was hanging out with my friends at my apartments. Everything seemed normal, and then I got a call. It was my youngest male cousin, Junior, telling me that my cousin had gotten into a serious accident. I remember asking repeatedly which cousin, and was told that it was my older cousin, Tyler. The next part of my dream cut to me at my grandparents' house, and me asking if he was okay. And then they told me he died. I remember just crying and then seeing pictures of the crash and being devastated. I woke up in the middle of the night, just sobbing and being so afraid that my cousin Tyler had died in real life. I went to check my phone, and there were no messages, no calls, nothing. I finally calmed down and fell back asleep. The next day I went to work, and at one point my mom texted me, asking what I was doing. Anytime she texts that, I know that something has happened. I told her I was at work, and she told me to call later. Once I got off work and was at home, I gave her a call. My dad answered instead, and told me I needed to sit down. At this point, I felt all the blood leave my face, and I felt a cold chill. He told me that my cousin had gotten into a really bad accident, and that he was in a coma. I immediately started asking who, which cousin, and he told me it was my cousin Junior, the one who had called me in my dream to tell me there was an accident. It felt like a gut punch, and I started sobbing. My dad told me they were on their way to school, and something happened that caused him to swerve off the road, hitting a tree. They had to be going so fast because the car split in half separating the front seat from the back seat. I remember my dad telling me that his friends were in the car, and the ones in the back seat were okay for the most part. But my cousin was severely injured and lost his leg, and his friend was launched through the windshield. His friend, unfortunately, did not make it. My cousin is alive, but we were told he should not have been, considering the severity of the accident. In addition, I think my cousin developed a sensitivity to spirits during his recovery. My cousin's sister told me that he would have crying and screaming fits in the hospital because he could see his best friend, the one who died, in the room with him. Later, once my cousin had recovered, I told my parents about the dream. They seemed really confused and concerned. My father is a very religious man and told me that from now on, if I have dreams like that, to pray 
it makes me wonder if what you guys said is true. Are these premonitions from an evil source? And is there a way of preventing them through prayer or good energy? All I know now is that if I have a dream like that or similar, I am going to pray. Unusual Dreams by Cassandra My family is full of active dreamers. I know that many of my dreams have supernatural tendencies, but at this point I'm so used to them and the stories of my families that it all seems mundane. I've been listening to the podcast for over a year now, and I've always wanted to submit something and was sad that I couldn't think of anything that would fit the general theme. That was until I heard a story submitted about someone's dreams and I realized I had a treasure trove of both my own and families. Each of my family members have different tendencies with their dreams, such as my brother often dreaming of people he hasn't met yet who are important to him, my mom and sister dreaming of the dead and people who are struggling before knowing something is happening in the real world. And I have always been fascinated by these experiences and leaned into research and experimenting with my dreams, which is why I think I'm more active as a dreamer than everyone else. For a little context, I'm Native American, but I moved from the reservation when I was around seven. Much of my exposure to the tribe has been through folklore stories, and funerals. I've received a lot of pleasure by finding out that many of my habits around dreaming and sleep follow many old practices that my specific tribe used, like how to take care of dream catchers and tell people about my nightmares to avoid them from happening. I remember pretty much all of my dreams, and most of the time, I am someone else. I have been people of all ages, genders, ethnicities, or even watched from a third-person perspective. I typically repeat the dream once or twice as a different person, or sometimes the same, but make different decisions. Most of the time, I recognize I'm sleeping, but I still have no control. Sometimes I'll snap into the dream as myself as soon as I notice. Sometimes the people in them will notice, but only if I tell them and they never seem to care. If I was a man who owed them money, they just want the money from me, not caring that I suddenly became a different person. My proudest dreaming achievement is how I'm able to wake myself up, ending any nightmare. I just close my eyes, try to move my actual hand, and the movement wakes me up. It never fails. I haven't met many people who dream quite like I do, but... Most of these hold nothing special. Sometimes the dream, as a whole, will stop, and a character will drop some piece of sage advice. Then the whole world will continue, with the character having no idea what I'm talking about, if I ask for more information. When this happens, I always take the advice seriously. In these moments, it feels different. It's hard to explain, but it feels like the real world. 
not a dream. The last time that this happened was when I started exploring witchcraft. And during my second rerun of a dream, this man snapped me into the main character's body and told me I need to take it seriously and stop messing around. However, my strangest dream experiences have to do with my shared dreams. As far as I can tell, these dreams happen on the same night as the other person and with people I'm close to. I've had one with my brother, one with my mom, and many with my boyfriend. The first one I had with him was by far the scariest. In the dream, I was me and I was looking down a black abyss. I saw this large, skinny creature far away from me. This entity started moving towards me with impossible speed. I heard someone screaming my name from behind it, desperately trying to warn me. I was able to wake myself up right before it grabbed me. I woke my boyfriend as soon as I did, and he was also clearly having a nightmare. He had the same exact dream, except he was behind the creature, yelling to me, warning me. We've had several dreams about the same problems facing different people that we know. I always keep a close eye on these people after the dream, but I haven't noticed any patterns relating to the physical world. If you don't count the dreams I repeat in a night, I've only had one recurring dream. I've had it three times in my life with small changes. The first time I had it, I was about to move from my father's care into my mother's, a change no one knew was coming. The second was in middle school and I was struggling with depression and self-harm. Unfortunately, I don't remember much of this dream, but it happened close to the time when I was reaching out for help. The last time was during my senior year, soon before I started college. It always starts on a foggy night with my mom dropping me, my siblings, and one of my friends off to go camping in a cemetery. The friend always changes. The first time it was my childhood best friend before I met her, and the third was my current boyfriend. To make matters creepier, the cemetery isn't a normal one. It's also a huge hedge maze, with sectioned off rooms for groups of graves. There are chained up old bones to the ground. We eventually find an area deep in the maze that is empty. We set up our little orange tent and have dinner. Everything is lovely until we wake in our sleep to howling. We all rush out of the tent to see several wolves approaching. One of the hedge walls always turns into this steep forest floor with towering pine trees, although it's more than that. I recognize it as these wooden bleachers that are built into the lodge my tribe uses for ceremonies, where I have some of my first memories and celebrated my grandma's funeral. Up until this point, I'm never scared. The dream always feels like my grandma in a way, but things are different when the wolves arrive. We run for our lives up the stairs. My brother falls behind and almost gets bit, but my sister attacks a wolf with a stick, helping everybody the best that she can. The only thing I remember being different the second time was the wolves successfully grabbing my brother. I always wake up soon after. I have no idea what the meaning behind this dream could be, but it always leaves an impression on me. I'd love to hear others' opinions on it.
The last dream I'd like to mention before this gets too long hardly even felt like a dream. It was my first and only dream of only sound. It's the second scariest dream I've had, and I'd like to know if others have had a similar experience. It was during a night. I was having several short bursts of dreams and random images. Sometimes I can tell that there is time between my dreams. It feels like I'm sitting in darkness. I then hear a rustle. Sometimes when I'm still asleep, I can hear what's happening around me, and that's exactly what I thought was happening. In a matter of seconds, what sounds like a bag rustling turned into this banging against the front door. I was petrified knowing that I didn't want whatever it was to come in, but it was able to open the door. Still seeing nothing, not knowing if my eyes were open or not, I whispered, Hello? I woke up completely frozen and in sweat. I couldn't move. I was just too scared. I spent the entire next day cleansing the house. I hope that I never have another one like it. Finally Telling Somebody by Martin. I don't even know where to begin. On the early morning of 9-11, I woke up after having the strangest experience of my life. I had this dream where I found myself inside a building after what looked like some kind of earthquake or an explosion. I could see offices destroyed, desks, phones, papers, printers, computers, everywhere holes in walls and floors, where you could see into other sections of the building. I could see those lights with the long bulbs hanging everywhere and flickering, and I could taste dust in my mouth. Lots of it. At some point, I encountered a hole in one of the walls, and when I got closer, I could see down to what I recognized as Central Park in New York City. The walkthrough in this building lasted what seemed like forever, and I was the only one there. I remember waking up with the strangest of feelings at around 1 or 1.30 in the morning on 9-11. I had a racing heart, and I was soaked in sweat. I had a huge headache, but the kind of headache I've never had before. It didn't hurt. I can't explain it but I also had a sense of confusion. I woke up from that dream in a hyper state of panic. I went to the bathroom and sat down on the toilet lid, trying to understand what I was experiencing. I eventually rationalized it as just having a weird dream. My ex came into the bathroom and asked me if I was alright, since I spent so long in there according to her but from my perspective, it had only been a couple of minutes. I let her in and shared my dream in detail. She listened and convinced me to go back to bed, agreeing that it was just a bad dream, so I did. I fell back asleep, and the next morning I went to work as usual. Well, I got a call from her shortly after I got to work, and I will never forget what she said to me. It's happening. Oh my god. Your dream. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs>
I remember freezing in place with the old landline phone in my ear. I can't remember what I said or did before walking to the hotel's restaurant TV and watching as the second plane hit the towers. I was in my 20s then, currently in my late 40s. I am an agnostic and a skeptic. I am no longer with my ex, but we share a daughter and talk every few years. We really, really dislike each other, and the only time we can talk like civilized people is when we remember that experience. As the years have gone by, we compare memories, and we always recall the experience the same way, the same order of events. I wish I knew what it meant. Maybe there was something I could have done, but maybe they would have thought I was crazy, or worse, involved. I carried an immense amount of guilt after. I drank heavily for some time until I moved to Maine and forgave myself on the account that I didn't even understand the dream to begin with. Your thoughts are appreciated. Dreams or Did I Die by Missa Four years ago, at the time of this dream, I lost my younger cousin. It was sudden and completely unexpected. He was 27 but had a much younger mentality. We were close, more like a brother and sister than cousins, because our moms were sisters and we grew up doing literally everything together. He had been a groomsman at my wedding and was among some other family the day that my oldest daughter was born. He had spent the entire summer before he passed with me and my daughter because he was afraid to be home alone when his parents were at work. We shared many adventures together, and my daughter looked up to him. Fast forward to April the following year. He had passed. I had received a phone call from his dad and I could hear his screams coming across the answering machine as he begged and pleaded with his son to wake up. Not long after I had gotten the news of what happened, I went outside, hit my knees on the gravel driveway, and threw my phone, screaming at the sky. I'm not a religious person, but I yelled and demanded that God let him live and let him wake up. Now, as a side note and a little backstory on me, I had only recently found out I was type 1 diabetic, and I'm being treated with insulin. I fell asleep one night, and I found myself dreaming such a beautiful dream. For the first time since my cousin died, I felt peace of mind. Nothing hurt. I was happy just walking in such a beautiful place. I had walked past faces that I both recognized and faces that were strangers. The only thing that was odd was some of these people were relatives that had passed away, but their happy faces and smiles were something I'll never forget. Then, I saw my cousin hurriedly approaching me. Confused, I ran towards him excitedly, but he was crying and visibly upset, not like the others. He told me, You have to go back. You can't be here yet. 
I was so sad that he was unhappy to see me, and I told him, No, I think I want to stay. I like it here. He was now yelling at me and shoving me, saying, You can't be here. It's not your time. Isabella needs you. You have to go back. Isabella is my daughter. He kept shoving me, and suddenly I felt cold. I could feel the pressure with each shove. I woke up and felt very unwell. I managed to sit myself up. I had a blood sugar reader next to my bed, and I checked my sugars, and I was hypoglycemic, and my blood sugar levels were dangerously low. I was at 32. It took a lot of effort, but I managed to get downstairs to my kitchen to drink orange juice. I am convinced that I almost died and that my cousin saved me. I know that he watches over me like an angel, both me and my daughter, as she has seen him in dreams as well. These events have truly changed the way that I look at life. My Dad Came to Say Goodbye in My Dreams by Crystal Bear with me while I give you a little background on my relationship with my father. He and I were always close. I always thought he was the most amazing person. My mother hid everything that was bad about him from me. Until the day she couldn't. Until the day that he moved out and they divorced. I never even knew he was an alcoholic or used any drugs. I would see beer cans on the counter, but I thought that was just normal adult behavior. She would stay up until he came home, picked him up off the toilet when he would pass out, and clean up incessantly after him. Once he moved out, things became very clear that he was beyond any help. We tried. God knows we tried. He was just beyond help. For example, one of the actual few times he said he was ready to go to rehab, we picked him up, which was a feat in itself, and he quickly downed a 24-ounce can of Coors Light within seconds, countless gulps of vodka, and who knows what else. When we arrived at the hospital, the doctor looked at my mother, who helped take him in with me and said, there is no way he should be living right now. He has too much alcohol in his system. The point of that is to explain that our relationship was full of ups and downs. During my childhood when he was living with my mother, however, I was naive and thought he walked on water. Once he moved out, he would put his life on my shoulders, saying, you're the only reason I'm still here. I eventually grew up, married a military man, and had to move across the country. I had to say goodbye. I cannot explain the kind of odd knowledge I had that it would be the last time I ever saw him. I remember his red and black plaid flannel jacket, torn jeans, frail body, and breath that reeked of smoke and alcohol. I held him so tight, though, and for that, 
I will forever be grateful. Fast forward maybe a year or so later. I came home from working late, and my husband gently sat me down to tell me that my father had passed away. I remember trying to call him and having to leave a message on his cell phone, which I later found out he saved. I assume he was too embarrassed to talk given his state. He had died alone in his car, homeless and cold. This hurt me in a way I could not begin to express. I flew back home to say my goodbyes. I was given the option to see him and declined because I didn't want to remember him that way. At some point, not too long afterward, I had two dreams. I believe my father visited me to tell me he was okay. In the first dream, we were sitting in a restaurant, and he looked so pale, frail, and sickly. He told me he loved me, and that everything was going to be okay. In the second dream I had, he was healthy. He looked like the father I remembered as a child. Strong build, had blonde hair, and could outrun anyone. He told me he was safe now, and that I didn't need to worry about him, that he was in good hands and would always be here with me. I don't recall a lot of details of the dreams, but what I do remember was that it felt so different than other dreams. I've never dreamt about any deceased relatives, and never have I felt that a dream was so real. He hasn't appeared in any further dreams, and I believe he knew that was what I needed to find closure. Grinning, Swirling Smoke Creature by Randall I'm an avid dreamer and have had all manner of interesting dreams including visits from deceased loved ones, lucid dreams, and messages from entities of a higher plane. In addition to the random fun, completely made-up dreams our brains create. A couple of years ago, I had a waking dream where I thought I was actually awake having recognized the fact that I was lying down on my back in my own bed in my dark bedroom. In this dream, I opened my eyes, and looming above me was a dark entity. The surface of the creature was moving and fuzzy, like it was made up of static or smoke. It was dark in both color and presence, humanoid with stretched out proportions that weren't quite right for a human. It had long arms, a neck, a short torso, a round head. Its eyes were fixed on me, two little round white spheres with small pupils that made it look crazed. I'm well versed enough in the paranormal to know entities like this tend to want to feed off of your fear. I certainly was very scared, but I decided to bluff my way out of the situation. I can't remember what exactly I said to it, but it was some sort of flirty come on, teasing it about the fact that it had me all alone in bed, 
I feigned confidence in my voice and buried my fear. The creature then paused, because I don't think this ever happened to it before. Its mouth split into this far too wide grin full of tiny white sharp teeth as it twisted its neck, impossibly down, and around to get a better look at me, or perhaps to intimidate me further. Then it was gone. I had the distinct feeling that I had made the right move and it realized it wasn't going to get a fear reaction out of me. The rest of the night's dreams were uneventful and I woke up and drew a sketch of the creature, thinking it was just a regular dream and my brain cooked up some cool monster design. I mentioned the dream to my housemates, but that was it. I forgot about it. A few months later, I was reading a user-submitted story to the paranormal subreddit on Reddit, and one post made me really stop and reconsider if my experience was truly just a dream. Someone had encountered a bedside intruder that looked exactly like mine, a swirling mass of black smoke with an unsettling, huge grin. I flipped through my sketchbook, and I shared my sketch, and we both agreed it seemed to be the same creature. I don't know what to think of that, and it still makes me wonder. If it was a real experience I had, I think the entity, thankfully, was just passing through hoping to feed off of someone's fear, and it saw that I wasn't giving it what it wanted, then moved on. I haven't seen it since, but I do admit to being intrigued. I don't want a negative spirit attached to me, but as a curious person, I always want to know more. But just to be safe, grinning, swirling smoke creature, let's not meet. All right, we are back and ready for the new year. As ready as we'll ever be, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It is cool that you were able to make it out for that spontaneous trip to California, and we got to hang out for a bit. That was a nice surprise. Yeah, it, it definitely felt spontaneous. There's no telling if that stretch of I-80 around Reno is going to be free and clear or if I'll basically be white-knuckling it through a blizzard. <laughs> So I, yeah. I usually never make plans to drive out there during the winter. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I did, though. I surprised my entire family, saw another friend of mine I hadn't seen in nearly 20 years. And of course, seeing you is always a treat. Yeah, I'm really happy you made it out. Um, let's see. What did we do? We finally got to get a margarita at that restaurant mm-hmm. <laughs> and play some pool. Yeah. And I'm still looking forward to making my way out to Utah when it gets a little warmer. Oh, for sure. We can either do the Skinwalker Ranch thing or just hit up a soda bar and go axe throwing the Utah way. It'll be a good time. I've never actually been axe throwing. I'm scared that the axe is going to bounce off of something and come back and hit me in the face. (laughs) But I'm down to try something new. Yeah, it also seems like one of those activities where you could just buy your own supplies for the cost (laughs) of admission. And and yeah, you call it good. You buy an axe. What else do you need? A, A tree stump. Yeah. But Unless you don't have a backyard or something. Yeah. Well, so I guess this is where we could ask each other if we have any New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I guess that seems appropriate. Honestly, 
I have very stereotypical goals for the year. I just want to get more active and eat a little healthier. Mm. No big resolutions, but I would like to go even deeper into the dream world and master lucid dreaming. What about you? Oh, yeah. Same for the most part, but for my actual like measurable goals, I started a couple months ago actually. But it's basically just to read every day, no matter what, for at least an hour, Mm -hmm. no more excuses, Mm -hmm. and journaling before bed, even if it's just a couple of sentences. I, uh, let's see, I finished a few books on stoicism that kind of blew my mind and wish I had picked up a little bit earlier in life. Now I'm about halfway through The Demon Haunted World by Carl Sagan. I'm enjoying it, but... I feel like he would call this podcast a bunch of hogwash. Of course. Yeah, of course. Either way, I I still think it's healthy to explore arguments that challenge your beliefs, though. Yeah, definitely. I read more books last year than I think I ever have, and I'm trying to beat that record this year. Mm -hmm. I like to listen to them while I do jigsaw puzzles on Audible, which that's something I also want to do more of this year. Mm -hmm. Anything to get me away from screens, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I have all of my phone notifications silenced aside from phone calls and regular text messages, and my screen time has been cut in half. Nice. Best thing I've done in a long time. Very nice. Yeah, I'm excited to kick off the new year with another dream episode. Mm -hmm. I'm actually in the middle of a book called Dreaming the Soul Back Home by Robert Moss. It's, I want to say the fifth dream book that I started last year. It's about shamanic dreaming and dream healing. Hmm. So, It was really cool to get a submission this week from a Native American who has a history of dream work in their family and culture. And one cool thing that I've learned about from the book so far is this technique called soul retrieval. Ooh, I'm intrigued. What is that? Well, it's a shamanic practice where the shaman that you're working with traverses the dreamscapes and other dimensions to retrieve lost parts of your soul. Okay. The theory is that we lose parts of our soul throughout life, which causes all our pain and suffering. And honestly, I may reach out to a shaman this year to try it out. It sounds really intense. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. I know that there's a lot of cultures that consider dreams to be real in the sense the experiences actually happened in some shape or form beyond our brains just being weird or putting on a show for us. So there could be something to that. Yeah, it's definitely something I've gone back and forth about. But with all the reading that I've done on the topic and all of the stories that we received about how dreams have tied into real world events, I'm pretty firm in my beliefs that we're traversing different realms or realities. I just think that there's far more to it than just our brains working things out, so to speak, or putting on a show. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm inclined to think it's something in between. Our subconscious could be manifesting certain thoughts or past events, but I also think that there are powers that be, if you will, that are more than capable of revealing things to us. Yeah, definitely. The precognitive dreams are always interesting to read, though. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say fun in this case, considering one of the dreams in this episode involves 9-11, but... When the so-called coincidence is too spot on for explanation, I'm just left without words. If that dream had happened years prior, you might be able to write it off as some generic doomsday thing and not some form of precognition, but for it to be so specific and having occurred the night before 9-11, 
I think there was something to it that can't be rationalized away. Have you had any notable dreams lately? Yeah, there's this one that keeps nagging at me. I can't seem to forget it. I'm living in an apartment from my childhood. My family lived there for most of the formative years of my life, from 8 to 17. So a lot of my dreams take me to this place. And in this one, we get a new puppy. He's super cute and really tiny, like super tiny. And for some reason, he's aquatic. Like he likes to be in the water and can live in the water. And I look down and the apartment is flooded up to about three inches of water. And this is so that the little puppy can survive. Then there's a killer well that busts through the window and almost eats my mom. (laughs) It's super traumatic and scary. I know it sounds funny, but it's terrifying. Wow. Yeah, my mom usually ends up in a lot of my nightmares, whether it be her inflicting the nightmare or something bad happening to her. But that's a whole different set of problems I'm working out with my therapist. Yeah, it it seems like as the years go by, people are becoming their parents' caretakers earlier than before. Uh, Probably just the sense of responsibility you feel to look out for her. Yeah, it's been something I've been scared of my whole life that's... Again, something I'm working out with my therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But that is very true. How about you? Any weird dreams lately? I had a pretty disturbing one last night, actually. I was sentenced to death by hanging for some reason I wasn't aware of. But Mm. the kicker is I was on house arrest and got revived as soon as I was pronounced dead. I remember thinking every week, here we go again, because this group of people would show up to my house dressed like medieval executioners they'd hang me and i'd wake up inside a dungeon with some plague doctor who brought me back to life whoa yeah and the cycle would just keep going and i knew that if i tried to run away or stop it from happening that they'd catch me and my death would then become permanent Mm -hmm. yeah And for some reason, the only place outside of my house that I was allowed to visit was a really disorganized and underwhelming thrift store. (laughs) Yeah, that was my only solace, going to a really crappy Goodwill and rummaging through all the romance audiobooks with a missing CD or something. Yeah, honestly, I think that we should both be seeing a dream shaman this year. It can be a business expense. I mean, if it's a business expense and a tax write-off, let's just do it. Heck yeah. All right. Anyways, so thanks everybody for listening and uh, we hope you've had a great year listening to Odd Trails. Don't forget to sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash odd trails. We do ad-free versions of all of our episodes all at a higher bit rate so you get the best listening experience, really high quality audio. And make sure you send your stories into stories at oddtrails.com if you want to hear them on the show. And finally, make sure you check out the new episodes of my other podcasts like Let's Not Meet, a true horror podcast, and the old-time radio cast at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you all next week, everyone. Stay safe. Peace out.